0: Hey everyone it's Caleb and I'm super excited for you to be listening today and deciding to spend a few minutes of your day with me today I have a great guest his name is Stephen Brewster he's been he's a friend of the show going back uh, you know several years and I'm excited to talk with him today about some of the different things that are going on in his life and what he's learning and I'm gonna uh, be joining that conversation with him in just a moment but before we do that I want to remind you that the music that you're listening to is is brought to you by my good friend Sam Massey, and so if you have any audio or video needs, hit him up on any of his social media platforms. I'm about uh, maybe him working with you and maybe creating some audio or some video stuff as well. Now, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, today my guest is Brewster, and I'm super excited to talk with him. He's uh, he's a creative. He's a he's a coach working with uh, all really different churches and businesses as well. And I'm really excited to bring you my conversation with Brewster right now. Well, Brewster, it's so great to have you back on the podcast today.
1: Oh my gosh, it's such a, a pleasure to be here on your new podcast. Oh my I, gosh, so it's it's so exciting. I know,
0: Todd isn't here, but we'll both get over it and it'll be okay.
1: Todd, we miss you, buddy. <laughs> well, hey, just... Ho- just hope as, you're doing well in Mexico.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, just as we're getting started, I just wanted to ask you, like, what What are some of the problems or the challenges uh, that you're that you're thinking about right now, that whether that you're experiencing personally or in your business or whatever that might be?
1: What a great question. You know, so I think one of the things Caleb that like it consumes me is I'm a creative leadership guy, right? Like I love creativity. I love artists. I love enhancing and helping people develop their creativity. Uh, At the same time, I'm a little bit of a leadership nerd. And so, you know, my degree is in organizational leadership and I love leadership. One of the tensions that I find myself living in is the tension to want to build strategy around my future, but then simultaneously keep my hands off of the wheel and let God really direct and lead the steps. And and, and I'm like... It's it's a real tension that I'm in right now because, I you know, we're recording this you know in at the end of April, um, for context for your listeners, we're, we're in the, the throes of the coronavirus COVID nineteen, and so when when that, approached the church and and created a new moment for the church, um, I really felt like God gave me, um, he gave me an idea, to. Um, to share with churches. And so I did. I I went and created this like like pathway for churches to turn their their digital visitors visitors into part of their community. Right. And I launched it and hundreds of churches joined and it was amazing. And I felt that momentum. And so since then I've been trying to continue to steward that momentum in a good way, like in a way of like trying to 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 honor it, you know. But what I've realized is I moved from honoring and stewarding to striving. And um, so I've decided, like, I'm taking this week off. I'm not posting anything on my, I might post on stories, but I'm not posting anything on my Instagram account this week because I was forcing it and and I was trying to control it. And I think that I've learned that in, 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 in my life, the best seasons for me are where I let God control it. And I try to stay out of the way and I just steward what he puts in front of me. So that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm dealing with right now.
0: Yeah. How how did you realize that you had moved from honoring to striving?
1: So one, I started to see, it it felt like I was working as opposed to, like, I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't enjoying it. I was, I, I felt the pressure to deliver and I felt the pressure to to create things. Um, I kind of felt like I was losing my own personal identity in, in, in what I was doing. Like it wasn't a true representation of me. I was creating for response as opposed to creating for, um, the sake of creation, uh, and for creativity. And so I was like, mm, this is, none of this feels good actually. Um, and so I need to take a break and cleanse myself a little bit so that I can get, uh, Get a little bit better context around what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's not fun to admit that either, especially on a podcast. So,
0: yeah. So, like, so, what is the break looking like right now? I mean, I'm just not 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 posting.
1: I'm just not posting. I'm just not. I'm taking a week off from creating Mm -hmm. content, and and I'm taking a week off to cleanse the palate of of what. what I share with the world. And I'm allowing, I'm allowing God to like, I'm purposefully stepping away from the momentum and going to let God do what he does and, and, and not try to manipulate or, um, posture it. So it's not like a big thing, but it's, as a, as a three on the Enneagram, it's a big thing because I care what people think and I care what people think about me. And I talk about content strategy all the time with people and the importance of it. And I'm literally like turning off the engine while the, the car's moving and going to see what happens. So yeah, it, again, that's not a big thing in the grand scheme of things. I mean, the people are dying and stuff like that. That's way more important. But in this season, for me, it's, it's a big thing, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I completely identify with what you're going through. Uh, I'm also a three, uh, a type three uh, for for the so you,
1: for all of our enneagram friends. You know <laughs> that we're we're over here just trying to make it happen.
0: Yeah. Yes. And and I remember, I remember especially at at the beginning of of the pandemic, a feeling like I needed to double down on like everything that I was doing. Yes. Because it's Mm -hmm. like, I have, one, I have more time than anything else. And people probably have more dead time than any other
1: time. Yeah, yeah. No question. No question. And and, so, but what's interesting about that, though, is that people who work in church don't have dead time right now. Like, because the entire model of what we do shifted. So we had this this rhythmic way of doing church that we knew every Sunday, you know, we got to do this. We have to get our songs done by here. We have to... Blah 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 blah, and literally, God said, "Watch me blow this up," you know. And uh, it's fun to watch people adjust. You know, when 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 we're faced with trauma, um, typically there's three places we run. We run to um, faith, knowledge, and and uh, innovation. And I think it's really interesting that in this season, um, God kind of has postured creative leaders to be the epicenter of all three of those things you know like we we have the base the best story to ever tell when it comes to faith um we can give biblical knowledge on how to navigate these seasons of our life and when it comes to innovation as creative leaders that's our superpower like we should be leaning into that right now and so all of those things working together i believe is posturing the church for a really amazing moment and I'm excited to see what happens next. so
0: yeah, what what are the things that that you're seeing right now, especially whenever it comes to creativity that that people are just where are people killing it whenever it comes to creativity right now?
1: Um, well, I think there's a couple different ways to look at creativity. So one one way is is um, developing new things. The other is problem solving, right? So I think we're using creativity to problem solve a lot right now. Unfortunately, I don't feel like we're leaning into as much creating new things. Um, And and so um, we're finding new ways to do what we used to do before. Um, My fear is that we're, we're not really exploring what a new model could look like for our ministries and for our churches and for our own personal lives. Um, and that would be a waste of the crisis. If we don't come out of the crisis with some new ideas and some new, new methods and some new systems and some new, um, innovative ways to do ministry, we kind of wasted however long this is going to take us to get through. But, um, so I would say I'm watching people solve new problems in new ways really, really well. And that's exciting. I'm a little bit. I'm hopeful that, in the process of finding new ways to do this, we also find new systems methods and procedures, and we get creative in how we're sharing the story and how we're telling the story
0: mm-hmm. what what new ways or new methods or systems have you seen that uh and what and whether they're working or not, I think it's probably yeah. too early to tell, but what are you like what are you seeing right now
1: yeah so so I think one thing is um, constant, um, content coming out of a church. So delivering ministry to people on a daily level digitally, a lot of churches weren't doing it before and everybody's trying to do it now. And so what I hope is, I hope that when we go, when we go back to whatever the new rhythm is, we don't abandon the technology that is making ministry accessible for a whole lot of people right now. And, um, that would be a shame if we, if we lost that. So, you know, there's churches that are doing, they're doing women's nights online. They're doing, when I was younger, we used to have midweek service, right? My parents would drag me to midweek service. Um, midweek services have pretty much all disappeared for the most part, except for maybe student ministry. Um, now there's all kinds of midweek services. There's Monday services, Tuesday services, Wednesday in the morning services, because nobody's got a job and so, um, so, finding ways to take our current ministries and digitize them to reach new people in new ways
0: mm-hmm. i'm I'm curious about you know, you talked about the creating content piece, and i I wanted to ask you, what does like do you have a process for what it looks like to create content and i and I don't even just mean like. Music, but you've you've launched this new podcast as well. Called I
1: did. Yep.
0: And yep. And I'm just curious, like, what does what does your process look like for creating content?
1: So it's so interesting. A friend of mine named Ben Arment, he's brilliant, a uh, brilliant creative guy, and uh, he told me a long time ago. He said um, spreadsheets are the skeletal system of of ideas, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. And so, um, so I use a spreadsheet and I, I create, I just number out the days and then think through like, what, what is the most important content? Um, and this is for the the content calendar section of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, what, this is, what are the most important things that I feel like I need to communicate and I place those in place. Then I try to think through what, what can I do to help encourage people? And I place those on the calendar. Then I can. Then I'll share like what are new ideas that I feel like God's giving or exposing that I can share. For me, it always comes back to encouragement, really, because I I believe everyone's created to be creative, and and we all have the gift. We just some of us stopped using the muscle a long time ago. And uh, if I can just inspire somebody to to think a little differently, or take a challenge, or or confront their fear and just encourage them a little bit, uh, I feel like I've done my job. So I do it through a spreadsheet and then then I go in and, and create and develop. And uh, I try not to design too much anymore. I try to let other people do that. And um, the podcast thing is fun. Uh, we do a weekly recording and then, you know, we're several weeks ahead right now, but uh, we record at least once every week. And then every time I do something with another church, I'm recording that as new content to share and yeah, I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see where this all goes. It's it's a lot of it's new for me because for seasons, a lot of seasons, my job, I felt like my job and my calling was to prop up other people and, and really support what they do. And I still feel that, but I also feel like maybe God's prompting me to to share a little bit more about my journey and the 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 gift of creativity that others can, that others can take hold of.
0: Mm-hmm. So like whenever you're, whenever you're crafting a podcast episode or you're crafting yeah. a blog podcast or a blog post, or you're getting ready to give a talk, what, what does that look like?
1: Well, I'm probably the worst person to ask those questions <laughs> to, to be honest. With you. Okay. Because for me, so, um, for me, so much of what I do I, I like to feel the energy around what I'm doing. So like when I sit down and write a blog post, it's the most painstaking thing in the world. When I write a, a a talk that I'm going to share, it's brutal. Um, what's the best part about it is the delivery part. Like when I'm actually there and I'm talking to people and I'm feeling the room and I'm feeling like kind of Oh that that part really seemed to resonate. Let me lean into that a little bit more. So so I will I will first sit down and think think through what's the problem that we're trying to solve. Um what's the inspiration that's going to help solve that problem? What's the encouragement that will inspire someone to solve the problem? And then what are the practical steps to solve the problem? And and that's the way I look at it. And and so that little system has helped me think through and figure through how I get from A to B. And it's not the cleanest way. I'm sure there's like my friend, John Acuff. He's an amazing speaker and communicator. I'm sure he's got some beautiful process. Um, but for me, that's how I roll. I, what's the problem? Um, what's the inspiration? What's the encouragement? Uh, what's the practicality? And then then I try to give a charge. What's the charge at the end that's gonna that's gonna propel people forward? So yeah, and for me, a lot of like doing a podcast, I wanted to do I have another podcast idea that I want to execute against, and it's an interview style podcast because i love I love asking questions. I'm super curious. Um, but the podcast that I currently have putting out, I've intentionally created in a way where I'm talking more than I'm asking questions. And so because I knew that I was better in a conversation than in a monologue, I invited one of my friends, Kyle Reed to kind of just host the podcast with me so that he can ask questions so that we can have a conversation. So it's not just me sitting in my room talking, but we're, we're actually creating something together. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And the, in the podcast is blue collar creative. Correct. Everybody mm-hmm. go subscribe or follow oh, on that would Spotify be so kind. or whatever it might be. Um I wanted to ask you about uh some of your coaching that you do as well. Yeah. And what what skills do you think have helped you in your coaching the most? That may be yeah, just what, what skills have helped you in the coaching the most?
1: Um well so the first skill is failure. Like I, I, I made sure I collected my mistakes and I believe you learn way, way more in a failure than in a, in a, in a victory. So um, I, I just, as a, the way that I'm wired, I'm much harder on myself than anyone else could be on me. And so every time I made a mistake, I've had to really process through that mistake and I make a lot of them. And so, um, so in in, development of creativity and in development of of creative leading i just started to to see these patterns of failure repeat and then i was like okay well i don't want to keep repeating these same patterns of failure so let me start to to catalog these and then i started talking about them and when i started talking about them people were like oh my gosh i do the same thing i have the same problem i i have the like that that that's really important to me too and so then i just started sharing them and Same thing. What's the problem? What's the inspiration? What's the encouragement? How do I practically overcome that problem? Okay, now you go do it. Mm
0: -hmm. What are what are some of the places of failure that you see that most people fall into?
1: Um, So I think one of the biggest ones is we put preference over um, presence. So so when you think about it in a spiritual sense, we should never what we like should never supersede. Uh, what is best for our church or our ministry or our congregation or our attendees or wherever you apply the source. It's never like, we should never, we should never fall into that space. I can give a practical example. There was one song specifically. And um, I hated this song. Like it was a worship song. I hated the worship song and our team was doing the song and they were like, Hey, so it came up one we of our meetings. Hey, what do you think about this song? It's like, Oh my God, I hate that song. And, uh, they're like, Oh, well, we, we should we pull it off the, the set list. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like that song is working really, really well in our church just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not right. Like the minute we pull that song out because I don't like it, we've put my preference over God's presence. That's a terrible idea. And so, it was a great learning moment for our team that I'm always going to acquiesce my, pre- my preference. And as leaders that we're trying to develop, we have the responsibility to equally acquiesce our, pre- our preferences. Um, and, and I think a lot of times that tension happens between pastors and creative leaders because um, the creative leader has this really cool idea and they think, oh my gosh, this idea is so cool. And they try to force it on their pastor. And if their pastor can't connect with it, he's not going to deliver it well. Simultaneously, the pastor might come with a really corny idea and we don't like it. But what we don't realize is it's our job to take that corny idea and make it cool or cool enough so that we can take it and flip it and actually use it. Uh, because if, if, if the communicator is connected to it or the ministry is connected to it or the pastor is connected to it and we enhance it, it can be a beautiful moment. But if they're not connected to it, it's going to be very un- disunfilling. I don't think that's a word. I think it's very, it's not very authentic for them to try to deliver something that they can't support or get behind. So put your preferences, use your preferences to inspire you. Don't use your preferences to make decisions for you. Allow, allow the full context of the moment to make those decisions.
0: How do you safeguard yourself against like how do you safeguard yourself against always choosing your preferences?
1: Well, you're not going to always not choose your preferences. So there's going to be times when your preference mm-hmm. is the right thing, you know, but, but you have to be willing to ask hard questions. You need to be willing to have people in your life who can challenge what you're saying and, and give you a different view or context to what's happening. Um, you know, you, you have to be willing to, to look at the real truth and data and not, not just make assumptions or perceptions. Uh, So all of those kind of things uh, will help you avoid your preferences over, over yourself. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's a communal thing. You have to have people that are willing to be like, Hey, I think you're actually missing it on this one. Mm
0: -hmm. What are some of the like patterns that you see? And cause you, I mean, you work with a ton of creative people across churches, literally across the United States, what are, what are some of the key patterns that you see in some of the most creative people that you work with?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, patterns. I see. Okay. So, uh, the most common. Okay. So the first thing is, um, they, they challenge the status quo or the rules or the, um, the the beliefs of the moment like they're they're not going to take anything at face value they want they want to know where the real line is not the perceived line is right so really creative people are always asking what the question behind the question is like you know uh, this is you have to do it this way okay why do we have to do it this way or this is how we've always done it okay why have we always done it that way or how could we do it differently um i think super creative people are always thinking. Yes, and they're they're looking at something and going, "Okay, that's good, but if I add this to it or this to it, then that's great." Or, yes, that's good. And if I subtract this from it or subtract that from it, it could be even better. so, so um, I think I think yes and is is important. Um, I think challenging is important. I think um, creating intentional time, to process creativity alone is important. Um, You're not going to be your creative best when you're going a thousand miles a minute for, for three weeks straight. Like you're just, you're not able to import enough to export anything valuable. So the import export ratio has to be disproportionate towards importing or you're not going to be your creative best. Um, I think those are probably the top three of the people that I, that I, that I see who are like inspire that inspire me creatively. So
0: Can you talk about the, the importing versus exporting a little bit more.
1: Yeah. So, um, so people always talk about, they hit the creative wall or they've run into a creative block. And I don't believe that that exists. Um, what happens is you actually depleted your creativity. And so, as a creative leader, you have the responsibility to, um, to chase inspiration more than you do exp- exporting creative ideas. So you can't, you, it's just like ministry. You can't serve from an empty cup. Right. Um, so as a leader, you're responsible. you're responsible for your own personal creativity. Like nobody on their employment Uh, Like when you sit down and do your review with your boss, they're not like, Caleb, how are you doing creatively right now? Do you feel full? (laughs) Like that's not a question that's on anybody's review, right? And so we have a responsibility as creative leaders to to ask ourselves that question. And more times than not, we're probably not full. So if you want your best ideas, you've got to be fueling your inspiration over and over and over again. You have to constantly be pouring new inspiration into your system so that when it's time to export creativity, you have something to pull on. And I don't mean imitation. I just mean, you've gotta feel, it's why like, we've all read the articles of, of, or the interviews of, of artists that we love who when they're finished their record, they just feel like depleted. They don't have anything left, right? It's because they exported all of their best creativity in that moment. And then they need the next two years to fill back up so that they can, Release the start writing and releasing the next record. You know, I think for pastors it's the same way. Pastors get up on Sunday and they export this amazing message, and then on Monday they got to go back and start importing, so that they have something fresh to export back out. the 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 same cycle is true in creativity. If you are not importing, you will not be able to export. Mm
0: -hmm. Who Who are some of your favorite people that you're learning from, and what what you're taking in right now?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I'm all over the place. That's okay. Give it to me. So, uh, right now, Simon Sinek, I think, is just, he's just brilliant. Um, I think he's just a brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, I also think, um, you know, I I always go to, I think Kanye West is brilliant. You know, like, he's just a super sharp guy. Um, I like... um, Doing a lot of research around psychology right now. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know these people's names because they're completely out of my normal stream. Um so uh that's that's a little bit hard for me to be able to tell you a person's name, but I tried, I'm trying to to ingest something new weekly that that's out of my normal like rhythm because I I don't want to become so constrained by my normal rhythms that they become rituals or routines rhythms and routines have to be different or else you're 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 going to novocaine and numb your creativity to death so so yeah i'm studying a bunch of psychology with people Brene brown is one. Oh, i love her uh have I, you listened I love, to her podcast oh it's unbelievable she's she's a she's a beast um i i also um i also uh i i love Guy Raz, he does a lot of podcast hosting for NPR. Um, And he always just, he interviews people so well. It's unbelievable. Um, So yeah, that's just a handful.
0: Is is there something in particular about all those people that you find
1: inspiring? I think it's curiosity. Mm -hmm. I think I find curiosity the most inspiring because I think that in order to do in order to 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 break past that that um, very gray area of normal that we live in, you have to be curious. You got to wonder what's on the other side of that? What was on the other side of that decision? What was on the other side of that um, problem? What's on the other side of that solution? Like and and so a lot of them share curiosity. You know, Brene definitely shares curiosity that way. She's She's always exploring more, what's more about something. Um, you know, I, Kanye's never content with the norm um, in anything in his life. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I think curiosity is, is it's, it's definitely a skill that I try to keep sharp in my toolbox.
0: What are you learning about psychology right now?
1: Oh my gosh. So my wife's an Enneagram. Uh, she, she's actually an Enneagram author. Coach, Um, she has a she she's certified in experiential therapy. So, so I learn a lot by osmosis just listening to her talk and, and do what she does. It's it blows me it's blowing me away that just the the creativity that God had when He built us. Like He knew what He was doing, and we find out a little bit more about ourselves every day. And as we find out a little bit more about ourselves every day, it's fun to watch and see how he's um, how he's wired us and how he's created us and how he's made us and and his blueprint versus ours. And yeah, that's, you know, and then I'm also studying the creativity around, like psychology around creativity and just um, how it really is a muscle, not magic. I've said that for years and I'm now getting scientific support to support it. I have spiritual and biblical support of it, <laughs> But I needed some, for a project that I'm working on, I needed some, some scientific support as well. And so it's fun to see that what God already clearly stated in the Bible is also stated in science, which is also true about who we are as artists.
0: Mm-hmm. Is is there anything else along the connection between uh, psychology and creativity that you're learning?
1: Um yeah, so much. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I think, I think one of the things is the one of the big things is the difference between, um, in, in how we think, right. And in, in, in what, uh, the, the things that we do to, to really process and think through how we, we do things. So, um, creativity is really hard work. Right. And so, um, the psychology behind how you ask questions and the difference between convergent thinking and divergent thinking. And just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough of it to be smart yet, but I know enough of it to be intrigued. Yeah. So, well, that was probably the worst answer on the history of your podcast, <laughs> by the way. If you were, if, if anyone was curious, I just answered the, that, that question <laughs> worse than anyone could ever answer a question.
0: I was gonna say so, I'll just need to have you back on once you become a little bit more educated, and talk, we can talk about it more.
1: Yeah, because it's it's deep, and I I'm not that smart, and so <laughs> yet, I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying <laughs> to learn. That's all.
0: And then you also mentioned that you distinguish between rhythms and routines. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So rhythms, you know, um, rhythms are important. It's important to have rhythms because. When we're on a rhythm, um, if you think about the, so you can think about a song that has a rhythm that you like, right? Then you can think about a song that you hate, and a lot of times the reason we hate a song is because it's too repetitive, right? Like so, it's just repetition of the same thing over and over again. Whereas a song that has rhythm, it moves, and it has a it has a flow and a cadence and And a rhythm to it, and so, um, in my life, I want to constantly have rhythms, but I never want routines because a routine becomes a checklist. A routine becomes a formula and 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 I really want to live my life in a rhythm, not in a routine, because a formula can get really boring and it 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 depletes your creativity. but a rhythm is a totally different thing. A rhythm allows you to to move to the nuance or to adjust to to the beat of the day or to find a melody that's a little different for how you're going to process or handle a problem or a situation. So it seems like a very poetic answer. I hope it's not heady. There, there's a lot of practicality in it. The minute I find myself in routines, I'll break the routine so that I don't keep doing it over and over again.
0: I was going to say, I, I think people can understand what the routine is. Can you give an example of what like rhythm might look like for you?
1: Yeah. So like a rhythm would be like, um, a rhythm would be like today, but, um, and I know I need to go to someplace quiet, but instead of going to the exact same office space or the exact same coffee shop or the exact same corner of my house, I'm going to go find a different place to work, to do different Different things and still do my work, still do my my solve my the issues, but I'm going to do it in a new place with a new canvas, a new opportunity. I might I'm going to change the music, I'm going to change the pattern of how I get to that place, I'm going to ride my skateboard, I'm going to drive my car a different route, I'm going to walk, I'm going to steal my kid's bike and ride his bike. Um, you know, just little things like that create rhythms, whereas, whereas. Routines are, I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m. I'm going to brush my teeth at 7.02. I'm going to eat my breakfast at 7.45. I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to turn on the radio. It's going to be on the same station as it's always on. If it's a Christian station, it's going to be playing DC Talk from 1994. <laughs> I'm going to then drive the same exact route to work. When I get to work, I'm going to park in or near the same spot. I'm going to grab my bag. I'm going to walk the same path. Walk past the same people who beat me to work every single day. Because people live in Routines. So if I want to think different than everyone else, I can't fall into the trap of the same routine that everybody else has, right? I've got to create a different rhythm for my life. So it doesn't mean I don't brush my teeth. It doesn't mean I don't drive to work. It doesn't mean I don't listen to DC talk. It just means that I do it in a way that I'm controlling. It's not controlling me.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the impact that that's had on you?
1: Uh, I mean, it it changes everything because because uh it it does not allow for us to go on autopilot and when we go on autopilot that's when our creativity starts to to numb out so if you drive the same route to work every day you can probably drive it with your eyes closed dangerous but possible but if you go a different route you see different things it changes like you're paying a little bit more attention if you go work in a different space there's different things that are going to to um, trigger you in that space, so you're going to think about things differently, and it just doesn't allow you to fall into that same pattern of over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Which quarantine is definitely one of those. It's it's a, a breeding ground for patterns. Uh, you know, we can't go we can't go to as many places. We can't leave. We have smaller workspaces to find. So we, have, the other day, I felt to completely stuck by a routine. So I turned all of my video calls into audio calls and I literally drove for like two hours and I just drove around. Um, on another day I had a a ton of phone calls that day and I said, I'm not going to sit in front of my computer and do these calls. I'm going to walk around. And so on that day I walked 12 and a half miles while I was on the phone to keep myself from falling into a routine. What, what's
0: a, a book or a podcast or whatever resource that, that you've learned from in the past year that has like radically influenced you?
1: Uh, just one, huh? You can, um,
0: you can give as many as you want. I'm asking for at least one.
1: So Super Souls Sunday, I know it sounds crazy, but Oprah's podcast is so inspiring to me. Um, um, Brene Brown, Unlocking Us is another great one. I love how I built this with Guy Raz. I think it's just, I think it's just awesome. Um, I love Sunday sit down with Willie Geist because it's just interviews, but I learned so much in an interview, listening to an interview. Um, and, and he does a really good job asking really good questions. Um, let me think. What are some others? Uh, Patrick Lencioni has a really good podcast um, at the table. Um, yeah. You know, don't don't. I don't want to give so many ideas that people won't go and at least check out my podcast, and will stop listening to your podcast. <laughs> and so, so you've got loyal followers. I've I've got like four weeks of being a podcaster. So, I, I'm 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 on the hustle right now. I'm on the grind.
0: How how have those uh, podcasts impacted you?
1: It's fun because I love doing podcasts because it makes me have to sit down and think and and prepare and process and and work myself through that list of, of, of ways to get there.
0: And then uh, if you, and there may be more, but I'm just going to ask for uh, three, if you could pass on three lessons to everybody that you've learned in your life, what would they be?
1: Oh, that's a great question, Caleb. Okay. Uh, First is don't despise failure, embrace it. Failure is one of the most important tools that you have at your, at your, uh, resource. What helped
0: you become so comfortable with embracing failure? Because like, I, I know being a type three, that's hard. Like it's hard enough to embrace Mm. failure. And I mean, and that's not just two for type threes, but that's true for everybody. Like what helped you become so comfortable with embracing failure?
1: Because what I realized was most of the time – well, not most, all of the time, 100% of the time, you can't control it anyway, right? Like if you could control it, it wouldn't be a failure. So you're not going to intentionally fail. So, so if, we're gonna, if we are going to fail, which is going to happen, okay, the Bible is very clear that we are not God. So we are going to fail. Why waste a failure? right? Because of my ego, because of my pride, I'm going to like try to sweep it under the rug. Every time you try to hide something, it comes back to get you. So never devalue failure. I just learned that like, hey, I didn't plan on failing, but if I own the failure and I lean into the failure and learn from it, I won't make that mistake again. And and, and your question is a very good one, Caleb, because a lot of people refuse to embrace failure they don't even want to acknowledge failure and the reality is they're leaving wisdom as a trail behind them rather than picking it up and carrying it with them right and so you can't control failure if you're if you screw something up you're going to screw it up and if you couldn't if you didn't screw it up if you could have fixed it you would have before it failed so embrace it lean into it learn from it that's the first thing um the second thing is um, is to understand what you value early, as early as you can in life. Like, what's the things that are most important to you? Protect those and put boundaries around those and, um, and make sure that they're healthy things. And, and I will tell you that early in my life, I didn't do this well. And I'm just starting to do it better, I would say, over the last couple of years. Uh, that will be the second thing. And then the third thing is um, everyone doesn't have to like you, um, but you have to treat everyone with grace. And so even people who don't like you, it's just not worth your time, emotions, or bandwidth to obsess about it treat them with the grace that you hope someone would treat you with.
0: What helped you get to that mindset?
1: Oh gosh, that's, that's a whole podcast series, <laughs> brother. I don't know that we can answer that in one question, in one, in one question, let alone one podcast. I, I, some of the, a couple things. I mean, I've had some pretty awkward relational things over the course of the last five years, 10 years. Um, understanding that people are going to let you down because they're humans and you're going to let people down because you're human. So lean into grace so that grace can be leaned into you. Um, And yeah, I think, I think just, I think maturity, you, you grow, as you get older and you're a young kid, so you're not, you don't experience this yet, Caleb, you still are, are bright eyed and bushy tailed, but as you become seasoned in life, you start to realize the things that really matter and the things that don't. And some of it's just not worth it.
0: Well, before I let you go, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would want to talk about?
1: No, man. I mean, I, I would just say that to, to your listeners, thank you for supporting Caleb and what he does. Um, he's a great dude and, and I'm serious, like he's a great dude. We've been friends now for several years and and uh I always, always appreciate when he reaches out. I think that what he does is special and unique and um the fact that you're listening to this podcast shows that you've identified that about him as well. And so, share this podcast with other people so that uh, what he's doing can continue to grow. Thanks, Brewster. You can send me a check later, but no, I'm just kidding. It's, in the, not mail. Me up to yeah, it's in the mail. He did not put me up to saying that. So. Well,
0: hey, I know people are going to want to follow you. We mentioned the podcast, Blue Collar Creative. Where else can people go to continue to learn from you?
1: Um, so my podcast, obviously Blue Collar Creative, like you just mentioned. Um, also, also um, you can go to uh, my Instagram account, B underscore R-E-W-S-T-E-R. Uh, except for this week, I'm very active there. <laughs> and um, then also my website, Brewster.me.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Brewster.
1: My pleasure. It's been so fun hanging out with you.
0: Well, Brewster, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It was great having you. Always enjoy our conversations as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to make sure that you don't miss any of our episodes is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast player you use. And uh, or if uh, not and or if you're listening on Spotify, hit the follow button and you'll never miss an episode. Uh, If you want to learn more from Brewster, hit him up on his website you know, or on his, um, or on any of his social media platforms. And if you're interested in working with, uh, Sam as well for any audio or visual needs that you may have hit him up too. Brewster. Thanks again so much for being on the podcast today. Super excited for what we have, uh, coming in store. And as, uh, as I get a little bit more further in the work, um, and just over the next, uh, several weeks and a couple of months, I'm going to be trying to roll out some stuff to you guys with some of the stuff that i'm working on anyway until next time my name is caleb mason and keep learning and keep growing